it's important. It's important. Okay. Um, we got we got a new uh, Apple Podcast review that I was hoping that I could share with everyone uh, on the show. Uh, is that is that agreeable to everyone? Okay. It's about us. So go for it. Okay. Here we go. Uh, Apple Podcast review. Quote. Updated review. Now five stars. I am so glad they finally decided to replace Andrew and Martin with Hannah and Natasha. They are two thirds of the way to fixing everything that is wrong with this show. End quote. And that is from Hantasha2786. Let me draw. I need one of those boards with the strings. <laughs> I feel like it's pretty positive. Um, it's, it's a little bit of a, a criticism, but that's good. We accept criticism just like anyone else but yeah i just wanted to share that so i think we're we're on the right track it sounds like that's what i'm taking from that you're doing good keep going so my question is when is valerie coming to fix this podcast uh, we don't know i think that's that seems to be the thing that they're they're trying to allude to so i, I guess we'll have to rectify that here at some point uh moving on to the patreon shout outs new shout out this week for David, who supported us at the questionable Southern Hemisphere level, <laughs> not because it's that level, but because the North is starting to fall behind a little bit, but that's okay. We appreciate it. Thank you, David. Cheers. And make sure you go and get all your special goodies from the past because I should know this, but I believe as soon as you join you get anything that's happened in the past correct me if i'm wrong but i think that's the case so if that's not the case uh i'm sorry and we'll figure out how to fix that i've just got the vision of a 40 foot container arriving at dave's driveway with a big hemispheric view sticker on it and just swag just like falling out the back of it as yeah, it opens the yep. doors that's my hope or that's not the case, and I have no idea how Patreon works. So we'll see. 50-50. Well, I have my suspicion that he only joined because of that improvement that you mentioned from that podcast review. I know. Isn't that going to be awkward? <laughs> so hopefully we see you next month, David. Sorry, David. Remember to, remember to include your shipping details so that we can get that container to you quickly and efficiently. Yeah. I mean, the canal is open, so it should be pretty quick now. I do have a fear that he's... um. In Western Australia, though, and so I look Fremantle Port may still be a challenge. But oh hey, shoot, okay, we do what yeah. we can. Do you know as much about shipping as lean manufacturing, Andrew? It's funny you should mention that. <laughs> I knew it. My first job out of uh, <laughs> out of university was for the the West Australian Department of Transport, and I spent significant. You were a stevedore, of... weren't you? <laughs> I, I spent a lot of time around the ports. <laughs> And then I went on to work at CVH Group, which owned and operated four ports of its own around Western Australia. But yeah, so yeah, I know a bit about shipping. What do you want to know? <laughs> do you want to know about freight on rail versus freight on trucks? It's a big issue here in Western Australia. You have 15 seconds. You have the floor. <sighs> okay. Now, the, the thing about Western Australia is it gets really efficient backhaul rates because... And so time. Freight Thank from you for <laughs> your... Uh, argument. We'll take it under advisement and we will move on. Uh, I can see that there were two very special purchases recently. We should get to the first one in the list. Jason, you bought an iMac. Are you sitting in front of it? Yes. Yes, I am. You should know that, Martin. 
because look at sorry i've cut you off already look at that image look at his look at like we can we have the privilege of looking at his head for the period of recording look how beautiful his head is it is beautiful that's not an imac camera that's m1 ai baby right there look at that look at that he's got no wrinkles he looks like he's just a permanent instagram filter it is take care gun yeah. it, <laughs> it actually is a, a little bit heavy on the uh whatever it's doing i feel like <laughs> it feels a little like i've turned on um some kind of wechat filter yeah something i, I don't know I, Botox for some mode. reason i'm only noticing it now it seems like <laughs> it looks better in facetime but anyway this imac boy i i think everyone has heard about it by now has probably heard ample reviews there's a lot of reviewers out there today that they just complain about dumb crap constantly and just can't appreciate anything apparently a lot of the folks that are doing them they have a lot to say but i feel like they they're not coming from any place that is a normal person it's just a lot of really weird nitpicky stuff it it feels like they could all use a good couple of classes in manufacturing uh in you know andrew's area product design Jason's area and and just basic understanding of how things are made Matt's area because I, I so much of of steel the reviews <laughs> aluminum aluminum <laughs> so many of these reviews just they don't take any of that into account and there's all these wacky things that they come up with so anyway that aside we're done with that now I'm done with the complaint corner this iMac is really now what I feel the Mac was meant to be. And that sounds like a very bold statement, but I stand behind that because everything that I have done with this Mac in the last however long I've had it, I don't even know. I feel like I've had it forever already, which I think is a good thing because I'm very settled into it. It just feels correct. I said this online somewhere else. Like Big Sur, there's been a lot of kerfuffle in the world of... Big Sur isn't great. It has all these issues, whatever. I had a lot of issues with it too, uh, in terms of just why does this not work right? What's going on here? Brand new install on this M1 iMac. It's like night and day. It feels like this is what was being used by the people that made Big Sur and said, here is Big Sur upon the world. Enjoy. Because it feels great. Everything feels super snappy. Everything just works nicely. When you generally say like, oh, I always recommend Macs to people because they're so nice to use. This is exactly what I'm talking about. This is what I want to put in front of somebody and say, here's what a computer is. Here's what a computer can be. Enjoy. It's just delightful. I got the orange one because I love orange. I still think the Tangerine iBook slash uh, iMac from the past is like the best color ever because it's just so blast you in the face but i very much appreciate these new kind of subdued references to the past i think a giant shiny bright imac is cool but probably doesn't really fit as many people's you know <laughs> aesthetic as as, as the, these kind of subdued colors so color is amazing uh, Apple Silicon stuff is just bonkers. I did a whole DVD ripping thing recently, and this thing was ripping 10 different videos and encoding stuff, and it was just minimized in the dock, and I was doing the rest of my normal stuff 
like nothing was going on. Every CPU was just pegged to the to the max. It just keeps going. It just gives and gives. Whatever this unified memory stuff is, stop complaining. It doesn't matter anymore. None of these specs matter. I have two questions for you. First of all, the screen. So it's 24 inches, 4.5K, right? Mm. Now, some people would say, uh, you know, iMac was 27 inches, at least at the maximum one. Who knows what they're going to do with other models, whatever. How are you finding the space that you have on the screen and this somewhat strange resolution? I came from a 38-inch ultra-wide monitor. So kind of like worst-case scenario, gigantic monitor, super wide, down to a normal aspect ratio, 24. Feels great. Four point really? You don't feel cramped at all? No. 4.5K is technically pixel-wise more pixels than even the 38-inch ultra-wide because that was just a 4K, basically. So it was 4K by whatever the hell it was wide. But this is actually more pixels than that. And I was a little worried about that because I've been known to say that I'll never go back from an ultra-wide monitor. But 24 has been great. I'm sure if this were a 30, I'd say this is even better maybe. But 24 is good. 21, no way. That is way too small. The old iMac, ridiculous. No, absolutely not. But this 24 feels great. 24 feels like kind of what the minimum monitor size should be totally okay with it and screen wise it is immaculate whereas on the 38 ultra wide you could still see pixels you know if you're looking at it it's kind of it's okay it's not the best screen and most screens are kind of that plastic you know instead of the nice glass if you're really into like matte screens then this is not going to be for you the 27 inch screen is beautiful and and i don't know if I'd be able to go some, to something smaller. That would really worry me. Yeah. I find when I get on my laptop, I'm like, oh, so tiny. I can't, I never feel like, even though the laptop I've got is an M1, I don't feel like I benefit from its speed because I don't fit enough on the screen. And I know mm. that there's no correlation between those two things, really. It's a total, just a brain. You're just messing with your own brain. But that's how, yeah. that's the experience I get that I'm more productive. Now, my other question, Jason, I know it's hard to quantify what you love about the iMac or pick certain things. It's the overall experience. But could you give us an impression of what you love about the iMac more specifically that contradicts some of the silliness that you've seen in online reviews? Yeah. Something that you would rebut. Yeah, I think this whole like, why does the iMac have a chin thing is absolutely stupid. Could they have done it? There's no question. There's absolutely no question that it could not be there. If you've seen what's in this, that would be totally feasible and and fine. Um, but again, going back to design and and how you interact and how you feel about something you're looking at, if I were looking at this thing and it were just a bezel, a single white bezel, so if you took off the bottom part that was the orange and it was just the white, it would lose so much of what it is as a showpiece. They talk about how much Apple is is hyper-focused on design to a fault in some points, they argue. And then they say, like, why does it have a chin? Why don't you just make it like a monitor? Because if it was just a monitor, it would be just a monitor. And that is who, you know, that's not important. That's not the, the, 
the design goal of the product. If you if you got this one as the vase mount version, which doesn't have the foot, and it were just a monitor, it would have no personality at all. It wouldn't matter if it was a Mac. At that point, you get a Mac Mini, cram it under a desk, connected to a you know Dell monitor. I frankly like it. I like that it brings a little bit of the color up to the front. The white bezel, wonderful. I had no idea. I had no real feeling about it going into it. Every monitor slash computer in history has had a black bezel. That seemed like that was correct. I completely changed my, t- my tone on that. I think this is actually the, the correct way to do it. I think black bezel is not good. I think this light gray is the way to go. I find it much less distracting and it feels like even though it's 24 inches, whatever size the monitor is, it feels like the screen just kind of melts away off into nothing rather than being this harsh box that I live in. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Also quiet, the quietness, my gosh, just the fact that this thing could be running full tilt and it's like, doesn't even care. It just has more and more to give. Um, touch ID. Oh my gosh. So good. I know that could probably be an issue if somebody's really into a different keyboard. I was using the the magic keyboard anyway yep. before. So having the touch ID on there is, um, is so cool. I turned off the watch unlock thing. I don't need it now. And I found that that thing, it would wake up the computer randomly if I just walked in the room sometimes. But before I didn't have a choice, I was on a Mac mini. So it was like, this is what you get. And did you get the compact or the extended keyboard? I got the compact. I never, I kind of go back and forth on that a lot, but I like the idea of the big fat keyboard, but the thing I don't like is that then my mouse is way the heck off to the side and I prefer to have the mouse and the keyboard closer together, the touchpad. Oh yeah, see he's got Oh, Andrew's Andrew's demonstrating. He's got two there. There you go. I feel like I'm watching Vogue, Madonna's Vogue with keyboards or something. keyboard. <laughs> they all, so the funny thing talking about design again they always have this this way of every time they make a new thing regardless of how basically the same product it is they somehow always at least in my mind find a way to make the previous one just look dated and old the second you see the new one right so it's like, so embarrassing you're still using this old thing yeah like, geez. the old keyboard the old magic keyboard that that you were just holding up magic keyboard two or whatever whatever was uh-huh. the one that was just previous to this there's nothing old about it it looks like a it, it, yeah exactly the same one martin has right there it looks still super futuristic and new until i put the new one on my desk and then the other one was sitting to the side. I was like, oh, what is that old looking thing? <laughs> just because I think just because the 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 new border or the new corner radius on the new keyboard is, is much more bubbly and fun, I guess, compared to the old Charlie one. Getcha. So it's just funny how that always works. You see it and you're like, <laughs> as Martin pulls out old iPods. <laughs> <laughs> With the scroll oh wheel God. that works. <laughs> uh, yeah. So keyboard fantastic so hemispheric views we have available to us six thumbs mm-hmm. each of us with two thumbs yeah. times three of us yeah how many hemispheric view thumbs would you give this computer of yours i would give it six thumbs for sure wow. uh especially the thing that's really being into you know computers and stuff for so long nothing like this in recent memory has happened in the sense that this is the crappiest one that they're ever going to make. 
and I can't believe what it can do. Andrew, I understand that you also bought an iMac, but it's actually in the shape of an iPad Pro. Discuss. Yeah, I got jealous of Jason's M1, and you know, I had my M1 in the MacBook Air, so I'm like, hey, I've got more money that's just burning a hole in my pocket. Let's get myself another M1 in the form of a iPad. So I got an iPad Pro 11 inch. So not the fancy big one with the super sexy screen, but one that I could actually hold <laughs> and, and use for sort of iPad y things. It arrived. I've had it for about a week now. I got it basically on day of the release day. I saw the reviews sort of coming out and mine was arriving in the shipping. I was like, wow, that's pretty exciting. I don't think I've really ever, not since maybe the very first iPad, like the original OG iPad, have I had one new one on release day. So that was pretty exciting. It's an interesting device. And I say that coming from the iPad Pro 2017 that I had, the curvy one. I've gone a few years without an upgrade in that world. So I really went all out on this. I got, I basically rebuilt my MacBook Air as an iPad. So I got the, <laughs> I got the iPad, I got the pencil and I got the super sexy magic keyboard. And I've got the full thing, which weighs a freaking ton. Now I've read all the reviews, right? And they say it's heavy and everything. The iPad by itself, it's super light. Like I, it, It's lighter than my old one, which sort of surprised me because they always talk about it being lighter, but it looks heavier because of the chunkier sides, whereas the old one had the curved off back. But the new one is light. And then you put it in the keyboard and it's like, oh my God, it's heavy and awkward to then open. It's like the old iPad with its uh, flippy keyboard, the the keyboard cover, what do they call that thing? I'm no good in... Smart like, keyboard. What was that? Smart keyboard. That was good because I could just like flip that around. It was like, I felt like I was doing origami with it super fast. This one, it's like... Sounds cool. <laughs> Sound effects corner. <laughs> that wasn't even added in post. That was live, folks. That's me. And then how do you just quickly... Flip it around. If I was using my keyboard, but now I just want to hold it, you kind of have to jettison the whole keyboard. It's like jettison situation in space where you just, psh, I'm more doing more foley, you know, and like it just flies off and you're just left holding the iPad. So I'm figuring all that out. It's all kind of new to me. You are in an interesting position where you have an M1 MacBook Air yeah. and an M1 iPad Pro. Now we know basically what an iPad does that a Mac doesn't. Yep. Right, And I know that you do your podcast editing on Ferrite yep. like I do with the iPad. But what do these devices actually mean for you? What is the appeal of the iPad or how are you using it in the way that you don't use the Mac? Why both of these devices? Yeah, it's a good question. And, and it was funny when I got it, my first in initial reaction after using it for a short period of time was like, I shouldn't have gotten the MacBook in hindsight, probably a waste, but you know, it's kind of, they come, it comes in useful and it's still the old thing of like, I still, you still want a real computer sometimes when you're out doing real work. But what I love the <laughs> iPad for <laughs> is, well, I, I, there's a, there's a, an interesting review or a set of feedback. You can send up. that to and, Andrew at hemisphericviews.com. <laughs> I really love reading on the iPad. I hate reading on a, a laptop or a desktop. I just can't do it. 
I just can never get the screen distance. I'm becoming old man. I got new glasses recently. They're bloody multifocals for the first time in my life. People always talk about the iPad being a horizontal device, a landscape device. I use mine in portrait heaps. And I think that's because I'm like, I'm a reader rather than a gamer. Like I'll be reading constantly. I read news, articles, RSS feeds, basketball, Twitter. Like everything I'm doing there is in portrait. It's just comfortable. The other couple of things I'll just say about the iPad in wrapping, to wrap it up, I'll say the Face ID is super fast. So my only other Face ID device is an iPhone XR. That thing, I thought was okay, but it's slow now. You're suddenly like, whoa, this is... And I think my iPhone, I think my iPhone's on to me because the XR has been like really janky over the last week or so. Like swipping in and out of the camera app has just like chugging. I think it's given me the side eye. It knows. It knows it's not the best camera in the house now because I think I've become one of those iPad camera guys mm. where the iPad is actually the best camera I own. You're going to take it to a matinee show and put it above the crowd? <laughs> Hold it up. Yeah, I think I might. At least with this keyboard, it's not going to flap around underneath it. Now, I did the thing of I just transferred, like, give me my old iPad on my new iPad. And that setup is amazing. Anybody who's, like, tried that, recently it's incredible and when you think about how hard it used to be transitioning from one machine to another wow that's flawless but yeah it's like there's got to be and i look at the like battery usage what's draining and there's kind of like nothing but it just seems like it dips away so i've started getting rid of some apps that i think might be a bit dodgier like jason you'll be happy to hear this devon think to go gone to to gone devon think to devon think to gone God, it just spent half its life sinking. I, I think... Is that a shape? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're creating new shapes now. It's a sixth dimensional shape. It's a dimension where you spend half your life sinking your databases only to never actually use any of the material in those databases. Like, why am I doing this? That's what I said when I tried to use it. Maybe it's games. I don't know. I'm not using that many ga- The games I use, right? Okay, so maybe it's chess from chess.com. Or it could be New York Times crossword. Like, Ooh. man, you're using, you're really making use of that M1. The M1 chip is working hard. Yeah, I've, I haven't felt it get <laughs> hot yet. <laughs> so tell me what it is. Somebody help me out. Why? What is it draining my battery? How can I diagnose it beyond just looking at that little battery chart that says no significant, no significant usage? Can I help you out with that real quick, please? Uh, there's actually nothing wrong at all, and it's all in your head. Or it's maximum brightness on Excel. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> it's those white backgrounds. You got to switch to to numbers so you can do the black background ones. Damn, Much OneDrive. <laughs> OneDrive. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> it could be it actually. <laughs> I don't have an M1 iPad. And I think I but I'm I'm very excited that I think I really truly believe there's a higher reasoning for why everything's going to be the exact same guts to go from an Apple watch, you know, size thing all the way up to a 30 inch, you know, super crazy Mac pro, whatever it's going to be. And they're all exactly the same architecture through and through, not just, Oh, well they're all arm. Like, no, they're the same thing. It's just that the watch one has two cores and the Mac Pro has 20,000 cores. Having everything be the same is going to be a very good long-term strategy for what it means to compute 
in the next 10 years. So to wrap that up, Andrew, what's the score for I'm the I'm going to give it four, four, four thumbs up and one thumb sideways. Oh, okay. Four, 4.5 thumb. Yeah. If iPad OS comes out and makes it a lot better, it'll get another thumb. It'll go to like 5.5 thumbs. I would like to say that in the 21st century, I'm very grateful that we have something that has long been regarded as a hobby product, but I feel has grown into an enjoyable product with a range of apps and a lovely experience that is not really available from any other company. Yes, there are game consoles that are arguably more powerful for things like games. Yes, there are interfaces and other recording or set-top boxes that maybe you prefer, but no one really offers a computer for your television like Apple does. And even though people might have not liked the last remote, I can understand why, because you picked it up the wrong way or the symmetry was weird or it was covered in glass or not terribly ergonomic. I like to think that in terms of scrubbing and navigation, it brought the trackpad that we like from the Mac to the remote and just about killed every other sort of button. I think that kind of gets lost when we talk about navigation on that remote. Now, whether or not you like the newer one, yes, I bought the newer Apple TV 4K with this wonderful new remote that most people seem to like. I'm personally very glad that they have brought back the D-pad style thing, but integrated it with the trackpad because it's wonderful to have that option of navigating differently depending on the app or whether you want to flick quickly from one side to the other or just, you know, shift around a little bit. And personally, I like the heft of it. I like the way it feels in your hand, that it's a bit larger. And the fact that it's aluminium slash aluminum for the Northern Hemisphere just feels a bit less fragile. So I know that there are some, and one of them might speak in a moment, would like things to be a bit different. Personally, I'm very grateful that this thing exists and it seems to be fairly focused and doesn't try to be other things. You can play games on it if you want. You don't have to. The apps are there, whatever. That says it all. June Arcadia, don't forget, June Arcadia. Yep. My brain is just woken up. I think I just figured out that I'm awake and alive. Arcadia June, get your scores in. We've already got a lot of scores in there because we've kind of cheated and started early. But um, there will be prizes galore at the end of June Arcadia. We had the lovely creator of Arcadia join our Discord and chat a little bit in there. That was pretty cool. And yeah, so get Arcadia, play the games, get the scores in, and buy all these new products. Not to mention while you're playing Arcadia in June, if you're looking for a cool soundtrack... Why not check out the Hemispheric Tunes playlist? Good idea. Yeah. Good idea. How cool is that? <laughs> and you would do that. You would you would sit in your darkened library lounge room, listening to your home pod play the Hemispheric Views while wearing a Hemispheric Views shirt that you purchased. If you're Martin, you'll sit in the lounge room listening to it on an iPod Hi-Fi <laughs> via a click wheel iPod of which he's meticulously downloaded all of the tunes from the playlist, somehow transferred them over via iTunes six and he's off and running. Just don't update the playlist. You could put, you could get a sticker. You could get a hemispheric view sticker, slap it on the side of your iPod hi-fi. Yep. 
That'd be pretty cool. Talking about stickers, we actually need to make one that's short enough in height that can cover up the Samsung logo on my monitor because then I'd be perfectly happy with it. Oh, good point. That is, we'll get on that immediately. If we can get some folks to join the Patreon to support this lovely uh, endeavor, that would be great. That would go a long way in helping more stickers be created, I think. I love the URL for this, oneprimeplus.com. Isn't that great? Easy. It's brilliant. How do I get there? Oneprimeplus.com. Calm. Done. You're there. Brilliant. Okay, shoes. Can we get to the shoes now? Okay. W- w- why was this on the list? And what is it? What is it? <laughs> he sounds so angry. Far out. Oh, he's like, you just sound like he wanted it all to be over. I'm just fired up now. I just woke up. Now that Jason's all fired up, this is something that I think about fairly often because. I live in my own home and I visit other people's homes and everyone in their own home seems to have their own approach to the shoe situation. It can be quite controversial. It can be. Yeah. I'm going to be upfront. I'm a shoes off in the house guy, right? As far as I'm concerned, when one enters one's home, it is a sanctuary. It is meant to be kept clean. There may be carpet, there may be floorboards, tiles, laminate, whatever. You sometimes may walk across it with bare feet or socks that you have just washed, dried and pulled out of your wardrobe. It is a place of comfort because if one walks with shoes and leaves detritus on the floor, then one walks through with socks and then puts said detritus on the lounge or sofa. This is my policy. There are exceptions. If there is an emergency or you have to rush back in to pick something up that you forgot, shoes inside are okay. Just be very careful on carpet. This is only if you are in an absolute rush, okay? When visiting other people's homes, offer to take one's shoes off. Don't be presumptuous, but, and this is where you have to look after your own socks, particularly if they're white or colored or special or a novelty in some way. Particularly if you're going to a house that involves outdoor dining or entertainment, there may be cross-contamination between the deck area where a barbecue is and the inside. So you can't really be taking shoes on and off all the time. So you have to rely on the host and what they want to do as to whether you leave the shoes on. Generally, it's a shoes on situation. So I suppose what I'm getting at here that this is something that I think about maybe too much. What do you think, both of you, about what I just said? And do you have your own thoughts on the shoe policy? Go ahead, Andrew. I like what you say in theory. (laughs) (laughs) And I wish I could be like you. I really do. But I don't. I don't. My shoe policy is kind of like wipe them off when you get to the front door and then just have at it. Like, come in. I don't care. Leave your shoes on. Take them off when you're ready to get comfortable, but you can leave them on. It's fine. I don't mind. Just don't, like, put them on couches. Like, they stay on the ground, but you can walk around that. And you can't be taking your shoes on and off all the time. I'm a, I'm a sh- like, laces. It takes too long, especially if you've double knotted. Like, Don't you have thongs? Yeah, but, and then you go, this is the other thing. My house has like five doors. I'll walk out and I take the shoe off and I go through another door and then I'm like, where are my shoes? Oh, I've lost, they're back at the other door. Well, I'm buggered now, right? So I either walk outside with no shoes or it's, it's, it's just always wrong, right? The shoe is always not where you need it to be. So otherwise I'm, I have like little caches of shoes at each door, mm. but inevitably there's going to be a pattern emerge and you're going to end up with a mother load of shoes at one location and you're gonna have to re-establish it we have a shoe box like near our back door mainly for the kids it doesn't really work 
we've had tradies come in recently and say like, oh, do you want me to take my shoes off? I'm like, life's too short, man. Just come on in. Yeah, but that's fine. See, people come into my home. They might be relatives. They could be tradies or something. Shoes in the house. Okay, I don't want to make people uncomfortable. Maybe they have a foot odor problem. Maybe they can't get it back on. I just want to be asked. Okay. But sometimes as well, don't you find the... I find walking in shoes more comfortable than walking bare feet or in socks. Like, so... No, not in home. No. You don't want that extra sort of suspension? No, I want to be able to breathe. I want air around my feet. Jason, what do you... Can you help us out? So, <laughs> I am in full agreement with Martin on this. No shoes in the house, with an exception. Okay, so here we go. You come in the house, you take your shoes off. Simple. Just take them off. You know, you're walking around outside. That's gross. I don't want that on my floor, touching my feet. <clears throat> I don't like dirty feet. I just don't like it. So if you leave the house again, you put your shoes back on. I have a pair of sandals at the ready, generally by the back uh, going out to the deck outside because you go outside, put your sandals on, come back in, take them off. Easy. No tying, no nothing, no pulling on shoes. You're just quick in and out. I got to go throw something in the bin outside. Boom. Sandals on, sandals off. Easy. Nice use of the word bin. The only amendment that I will add. So, okay. When a person comes into the house, if they are a tradey i generally depending on where they're going to go if they're going to come in and go like upstairs where it's just complete carpet situation nope take them off get them off stop mm -hmm. it Fair. if they're coming like through the garage and going down into the basement to do some kind of work i kind of gauge each person as they come in and i can kind of tell like this guy is going to be dramatic about it and it's going to be a whole thing with him and he's going to think he's going to like now do a worse job because I made him take his shoes off you know you can kind of tell if that's <laughs> if that's going to be the situation so in that case I'm like you're going to be a pain in the ass down the line so I'm going to go ahead and let you have you know shoe uh, availability throughout your stay here if I know them or they're just kind of a normal person coming in, not doing any kind of thing that's going to affect my home, off. Absolutely off. And most people can tell because we'll have shoes by the door that are a very clear indication that I'm not wearing shoes right now and I am within inside these four walls. There are a pile of shoes there. Put two and two together, probably take them off. Thank you. I do the same thing. The other thing I will add is that you mentioned comfort of shoes inside the home. I have a pair of shoes that are specific inside only shoes <laughs> for which you wear only within the home and they have free reign. They can go on carpet. They can go on hardwood. They can go on tile. They can go everywhere. They're allowed full coverage of the house because they're inside shoes. Should you take those shoes outdoors ever, they now are compromised shoes and they are only allowed to be outside shoes from then on out. They can no longer be inside shoes. You have to get new inside shoes if they get compromised. So well, just to be clear, you're talking about actual shoes, not slippers. They're kind of a hybrid -y, slippery shoe thing. They'll be in the show notes. They're very comfortable. I call them my, my house shoes. So... <laughs> That would be the 
amendment that I would add to the doctrine that was put forth earlier. If you're getting dressed, I keep my shoes, my going out shoes in the wardrobe. With the lion and the witch. In a bag? No, they've got like, we've, we've got a wardrobe pre-built recently. It's got kind of like little shelves. For Ooh, I love a good shoe shelf. Yep. Yeah. And you, so you select your shoes. Then I sit on the bed or something and put them on. Now, mm. where does that sit mm. in your situation? Do I have to, should I be taking no. them and then carrying them to right outside the door and then putting them on at that point? I mean, they really shouldn't be up there to begin with. Yeah, I'm worried about dirt collecting in your shelf or if it's one of those metal grates, every time you put it on, it's actually scraping oh, no. dog yeah, shit yeah. onto your clothes underneath. That's what I'm worried about. And I'm also wondering, I mean, aren't you already aware of your wardrobe? Like you're mentally thinking, okay, I'm putting on this suit. It matches those shoes. I'm just going to go and put them on later. Or do you have like a mental disconnect of what actually matches your attire? Nice suit reference, by the way, there. I like that, that you went for the suit and shoes route. That's a good one. <laughs> He's wearing a tie, of course. <laughs> He's got one of those little uh, little machines that has all the ties on it that like you push the button and it rotates around. Oh, the tie You're kind of not far from the truth on that. I do have like a little thing. It's not motorized, <sighs> but yeah, I have a thing, tie rack. Is it like the old uh, wind-up windows? You actually have this little thing that you spin around. It's, it's manual. It's like rotating. A rotisserie. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't I don't know how to answer the question. I just, I select my outfit. I put my clothes on and I finish it off with a pair of shoes. And then I like, uh, then I might be called to go make a sandwich or something for a kid wearing those shoes before I leave the house. And it's like, well, that's good. Fine. I have a question for you uh, about when people enter the house, right? Obviously, Jason is more bothered by shoes in the house as I am. Andrew, you're- Laissez-faire. But just to even the playing field- just to even the playing field, they're dirty shoes. There's visible muck oh, on okay, the shoes. Right, yep, yep. Okay. Not muddy, but you go, mm, there's dirt on that. They don't offer to take the shoes off upon entering your home. I have no poker face. It's written all over my face. Do both of you show your frustration or say something? I'd, I would say, do you mind wiping your feet on the mat? That would be as far as I'd go. As long as some action's been taken. Now, to be fair... I I'm not an animal, right? If I've been out and there's like my feet, my, if I've been mowing the lawn or I don't know, and there's dirt or grass and it's stuck to my shoe, I'll take my shoes off and leave them outside, right? I'm not an animal. Or I will give them the, the bang, bang, bang treatment and then take them off and take, you know, have, take them into the laundry and maybe rinse them off or something like that. I'm not a total animal. I didn't say that. But for just like, I've gone to the office, commuted home and I'm walking in the front door. Like, let me get in the house. I'm not taking my shoes off before I walk. It's, it's, it's my house. But don't you want to throw them off? Be liberated from the work? Yeah, I want day? to go sit on my bed and take them off. I need to sit. I take need... them before you enter your bedroom. Take what them off. What balance do you have? How do you take your shoes off while you're standing up? Easily. I lean against a wall or just stand on one leg? Yeah. I think I'm becoming an old man. <laughs> don't think I have those skills anymore. So you need to check your equilibrium, Andrew. Got a, I got a bad hip. I had a cortisone injection in my hip a couple of days ago. Things are getting bad around these parts. You're falling apart. I'm lucky to touch my toes. Maybe, maybe you're at that point in your life where you just need to switch to the slip-ons. You know, maybe that's kind of <laughs> where we're at now. Have you got the Birkenstocks? That's the other problem. Giant feet. There's nothing more offensive. Than, like you go to a hotel room and they always have those little like like if you go to a half decent hotel and they give you those little complimentary slippers and the maybe the the coat, not nothing ever fits me. Like the slippers, I can't even get over my 
feet at all. I'm like a size 14. Mm, you brought up hotel. I hate touching a hotel floor with my feet. Yeah, don't think. Just don't think about it. It's building up your immunity, okay? It's just strengthening the immune system. So, Jason, you enter a hotel room. Everything looks clean. Everything's beautifully prepared. It's not. No concerns. It's not clean. You enter the bathroom and you notice that the toilet paper has been folded into the nifty triangle. Very handy. But it's evidently not a new roll. Yeah, don't like that. How do you feel? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny because, I you know, I, I've tr- previously work-wise, lots of travel, traveling all the time. It's just And traveling equals the dirtiest, most... most filth infested places you go he's walking into his hotel room with a black light (laughs) you start you start travel by getting into a car that's not yours so they can take you to the airport you then get to the airport which is the filthiest place on the planet to then get on a plane which is the grossest mode of travel there could possibly be to then land in yet another airport that's probably even grosser than the one that you left originally to then get in another car that is also not yours to be taken to a filth house of which who knows how many people have previously done their living in prior to you has been marginally cleaned slash set up regardless of how nice of a hotel it is. It's just gross. And I think I've built up tolerance over the years to just accept the fact that it's gross, but I never can just walk into a hotel room and think, yeah, this is really nice. This is going to be great. This is going to be very nice and refreshing. Mm-mm. Do you touch the TV remote? Oh, God, no. Mm-mm. <laughs> do you pack, no. do you pack like those gloves? Plastic gloves? I'm not that, I'm not that, you know, obsessive about it, but boy, do I think about every single thing that happens in that hotel room and what things I have to touch slash manipulate that have been manipulated in the past. I don't like it. I'm not a fan. I like I like a good sandal in a hotel room. I think that's great. I love a good sandal because that floor, ugh, the carpet's the worst. Like tile, you could you could bleach the hell out of that tile. That's that's <laughs> probably okay. But that carpet, that vacuum from you know 1978 that has the same bag in it since probably that same year marginal suction that's not a dyson vacuum they're using that's not picking stuff up you know that's just pushing stuff around it's probably blowing more stuff out than picking stuff up let's be honest the only thing in a hotel room that grosses me out are the extra pillows the sheets you know they never get that inevitably go on the floor yeah they go on the floor and they never change like at least the other pillows get a new fresh pillowcase on it yeah you have like a little bit of a barrier there but yeah the the decorative extra ones those are floor pillows yep those are chucked in every gross possible corner used for who knows what. Don't send your mind down that pathway, Jason. Don't. Here we are getting back. Everybody's ready to go traveling again. And I'm just like, maybe I just will never travel again. As long as you take a pair of sandals. So I think that's, I think that's shoes. That's how shoes work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very glad where that went. Thank you both. I'm obviously the disgusting one of the three of us. Yeah. Wow, and a huge thank you to our newest Patreon supporter, none other than my mom, Jennifer 
thank you for your support of our podcast. It's pretty nice to have your mum supporting the work you do. And I can't believe that my mother is still geeky enough to listen to us three geeks yammer on about technology and stuff like that. It's pretty awesome. She's a good mum.